This is episode 107 of the Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work podcast. This episode is titled Money During Corona. This episode is part of our daily or near daily series during the pandemic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work, where we talk about work, working, and how to make work better. If it's work-related, we're on it. Who knew talking about work would be this much fun? I'm Jennifer Crittenden, a former CFO and host of the show, and thank you for joining our quest to improve our workplaces. Let's do this. I'm super excited to have two new guests on the show today, and I'll introduce them. Uh, Paul Klein is with us. He lives in San Francisco, and he works as a software engineer at Twilio. I'm saying that right, a cloud communications platform. And he says, outside of work, he's passionate about the intersection of technology and social impact with a focus on income inequality and climate change. And with him also is Ben Shu. He also lives in San Francisco. He's working on starting a company in the online education, coaching, and creator space. His background is in product management, having previously worked as a PM at a machine learning startup called SigOft, as well as Lyft and Instacart. He's interested in mental health, healthcare, employment, and thinks Craigslist is one of the most underrated tech products. It was very cool. I'm a dedicated Craigslist advertiser. So welcome to the show, Ben and Paul. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. All right. So I discovered you on Twitter and saw that you had started this website called moneyduringcorona.com, I guess. Of course, the name caught my eye. Brilliant naming, by the way. So tell us how the idea to do this website came about. Sure. So as you mentioned, the name, pretty simple, uh, Money During Corona. And I think the name gestures toward uh, what we're trying to do, uh, really kind of we'd been looking at the news, um, of course, just seeing the pandemic uh, happen all around us. And I, I really, I think a couple of weeks ago, probably four, three, four weeks ago, was uh, seeing what was going on. And uh, I live in San Francisco and in my network and in my communities, I was seeing people start to move around initiatives and try to start their own volunteer grassroots initiatives on a couple of fronts in the community with uh, helping kind of the elderly people get aid. Also saw quite a few initiatives on public health. Uh, but something that I found was interesting was there, there weren't a lot of people talking yet about the, the impact on the economy. Mm-hmm. That was just starting to enter the news, but it wasn't yet the hot topic. And there weren't, I wasn't seeing many initiatives around helping the kind of everyday American worker. Um, so I don't know, a couple of things happened, just had an idea to try to see if uh, there might be some problems around the topic of employment and job loss and unemployment to tackle and see if something could be done. Uh, and initially it was just me, but excited to tell you more about the group of like eight, nine volunteers that at this point we've kind of rallied around this cause. And these are all people just distributed across the United States. We have one guy in Canada as well. And it's been really cool to see all of that come together and 
Paul is a great example of that. Paul and I didn't know each other before this, but now we've been working together on this. Very cool. So it's an international initiative. Yeah. <laughs> and so tell us what happened after you had this idea. Like, how did you all find each other? Uh, so kind of first thing I did was uh, just put up a really quick website. Uh, kind of one thing that's fun for me is a lot of these online tools that exist out there now make it super easy to just put something out there and get some feedback. And so I use this tool called Webflow, which lets you put up a website super easily. And uh, first website I, that I put up just looked pretty ugly, didn't look great, but the concept <laughs> was simple. Uh, it's got a great domain name, Money During Corona. Uh-huh. Then uh, the idea was just to kind of text people about new jobs and text people tips. So at that point, I, the first thing I did was I, I posted on this job board called helpwithcovid.com. And that's really where a lot of interesting stuff started happening. Mm. I think a couple of people out in San Francisco started this website, helpwithcovid.com. Oh. And I posted there, we got featured. And at that point, like, people like were volunteering. We got a lot of great uh, kind of emails from people wanting to help out. And eventually, I think someone posted the link for our project in Twilio Slack. And I'll let Paul talk more about this. But at some mm. point, Paul joined, designers joined, and, and the rest is history. Yeah, so Ben came up with this great project and it, it lit up like fire within our business. You know, we saw we we're really engaged in, you know, Twilio does SMS. Um, we built software to send and receive text messages. And we love helping, you know, social impact projects that can kind of converge with the product we build at Twilio. So Ben posted it on that website. Someone within our team at Twilio saw it. And reached out, this is Dan Burrell, one of the great members of the team, um, reached out to Ben and they got together and kind of talked about the goals of the project. And the thing that kind of I heard from them was just the the energy that mm-hmm. happened in this team right away. And I've seen this across, you know, across the technology industry. Everyone is just so energized to try and get involved and help other people. And it's it's just really inspiring so far to see that. So we kind of assessed the needs of the team and it seemed like we wanted to really beef up the um, the texting part of the website, really be ready to scale for, you know, you saw the record unemployment numbers, you yeah. know, I think 6 million yeah. uh, of this yeah. last report. And if we even get 100,000 people to use this website, from, that was just a lot of text messages. And the system that, you know, Ben, ben threw together, pretty good, but wouldn't be good enough for the size that we think we may see of people who need aid. And there's just so many people right now who need some help and need some you know, money during Corona. Um, so I was able to hop on board and we really kind of modernized the, the texting to handle more traffic. And then, you know, Ben also linked up with a lot of designers. We have great designers. I'm going to name some names. Casey Wu. Also, we also have Nick McGinnis. Um, great designers who are coming in and helping us redesign the website. And so far from the prototype, which was a great, example of the our, our first iteration now to what we have it's just a really effective way to share our message and um it's just it's exciting to see how the team has grown and, and see it take off and i think something that ben and i talked about earlier is that we want this to have an impact but for this to just impact one person is good enough for all of us you know to make the difference in one person help one person find a job or one person find some aid that's what's super rewarding about this project. And it's just been exciting to see, you know, there's been more than just one person sign up and it's um, been exciting to see the impact and we're hoping to keep it growing and and really keep spreading the word about how you can make ends meet during this coronavirus pandemic. 
Yeah, I find it really inspiring to see people leaping forward under a situation like this with new initiatives and creativity. And the website is lovely. It, it really is, uh, <laughs> really is very pretty. Uh, so I wanted to ask about uh, the mechanics for setting up the website, and, and you've mostly covered that. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about as, as far as that goes? No, I think maybe the one thing I'll add is that it's a lot easier these days to create a web presence, especially for a cause you care about. You know, we used Webflow. I think companies like Squarespace are really great. And the most important part is just having a presence and making it better slowly. That's kind of what, what Ben did. We started with one thing and then added more to it over time. It doesn't have to be perfect right away. I think um, perfect is the enemy of good mm-hmm. a lot of times. So for us, we definitely took the let's make it good approach and kind of iterate slowly. And that's, that's what we did. Yeah. The other thing that I'm observing now is that the initiatives that I think are going to end up having a lot of impact, the people are moving fast. And so Mm -hmm. I think it would be more conventional, but I think not as effective to do what we often do in business. And that is, you know, create a committee and then, you know, so I think moving fast and create things is, is really uh, what I see working really well now. So are you monitoring the traffic? Can you see what the response has been? Yeah, yeah, I can talk about that. And just one last thing on moving fast. I will give shout out to everyone on the team. But like, I mean, even Paul, Paul, I think we connected on a Sunday at around 9, 10 a.m. for the first time. And by the end of that Sunday, Paul had already set up this this demo with Twilio and SMS. And it was it was just it just we were all moving pretty fast. Uh, and that goes to everyone else on the team. We're all just doing what we can in a short period of time to really just try to get the first version out there, That's uh, so which awesome. is just really awesome to see. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. In terms of the traffic, so on so today is Sunday. On Friday, we uh, we, we did our first launch. Oh, okay. Overall, the thinking there was we we built this beautiful website. We have over 70, 80 jobs at this point which like Jasmine Jor on our team is really Jasmine Andrew and a, bu- a bunch of other people have really owned. And uh, we also had the testing texting system set up and we launched 10 a.m. Friday, sent it out to a bunch of our networks, uh, LinkedIn. I think we, we actually used Craigslist, uh, mm. we posted on a couple of regions in New York, San Francisco and Chicago on Craigslist. Overall, the traffic has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's not gone viral, but that's kind of, in expectation. And we've probably gotten the first day, I think we got three, around 3000 kind of just unique visitors mm-hmm. the first day, which is pretty exciting to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I was checking it intermittently during the day through the dashboard. And at a given time, you were seeing anywhere between 10 and 20, sometimes even 25 people on the website at the same time, presumably kind of looking at jobs, browsing the website. And it was just super exciting for us to see. Yeah, super heartening, right? To see people potentially have lost their jobs, you know, seeing some options for them there. No, that's 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 so cool. And what longer term are you thinking that eventually you'd like to monetize the site or what are you thinking? I think the, the answer to the monetize would be no. I think right now we're pretty squarely certain that this is this is a not-for-profit site. Mm-hmm. Just a group of volunteers who came together and just wanted to do something, wanted to do a little bit of help, give a little bit of help. And 
So, so definitely, I think likely not, not for profit. I mean, we're not making any money on this right now. Right, um, sure. We've been lucky to just get some donations essentially by Twilio and Zapier and, and Webflow to help us put up the initial site. I think right at this point, the main focus is we've gotten, we've gotten some eyeballs on the site. We have a couple thousand people who have taken a look. We have some signups as well. We had some signups from before and uh, something that one of our team members, Serena uh, Bian, she's a great like community lead at first round. She's going to be helping us do some user research to just talk to the people that have signed up. Oh, interesting. Our first goal, like Paul said, is if we can impact a few people's lives to start, that's, that's where we begin. And the first thing to do is really talk to people and understand why did they sign up for the site? And what what intrigued them and how what was the experience of browsing through the jobs and what are the other problems that they have? And is there anything that we can do? Is there anything we can add to the site to help them more? And the goal there is to start small and we'll see where it goes from there. And so are you thinking that it might morph into something different over time or do you think it'll have a finite lifetime? Yeah, this is something Paul and I have talked a little bit about. I think I think right now we're thinking, I mean, hopefully coronavirus and COVID and this, all of this is going to end in the next couple of months and the, the world will begin to go back to norm, normal. And right now our core focus is what can we do to help people and provide some, some value to some people in the next one, two, three months. And from there, I mean, I think there's interesting directions it can go. I mean, like Paul can tell you more, but like, I mean, the income inequality problem in this country, like I'm reading this book, Super Capitalism by Robert Reich right now. And he, he talks about that. Uh, there's definitely a lot of issues in this, in this space. And I think, at least from my perspective, to start, it's, can we put something out there and then use those learnings and see if maybe beyond this, this could turn into something more? Yeah, I'll, I'll add that we're being really flexible right now with the needs. This is such a constantly changing situation that it's hard to predict what's going to happen next. And our goal is to really just make the most impact we can. And that might not be jobs in a month. Maybe maybe it's something else. Maybe it's information. If you look at our website, moneydaringchronic.com, there's a resources page that talks about the different stimulus plans that have been passed, the benefits you can get. And that's a hard system to navigate. And it's something that we want to provide more information on, more clear information about, here's your survival guide if you've been laid off, right? And I think we focus a lot on the jobs in the short term, but longer term, it's going to be more, okay, I can't pay my rent. What do I do? What are my options? Who can I talk to? And hopefully more of a, more than just finding money during Corona, it's how you can save money and kind of stay supported during this. What we're seeing is going to be a pretty large recession. We're so lucky, both Ben and myself and a lot of members of the team to be able to have jobs we can work remotely that we wanted to just focus our efforts to give back as much as possible and use that position of privilege to really try and help people who don't have that that luck or that ability to work remotely. And this is our way. And that's why we're super motivated about the product and just really motivated to help people in whatever way we can. I think that's really exciting. And I was talking to some friends today. You know, I think we're going to see more legislation passed to help people, but it always comes with a ton of fine print. And we already know how difficult the social services programs are for people to navigate. And, and it's just very difficult for people who have problems to go through all the paperwork and the logistics. And so people end up missing out. And I think especially as, as I suspect, we're going to have this big wave of additional help coming down. I think helping people understand and access that would be so cool. Mm. Yeah, we've even seen that a lot of existing unemployment resource websites 
run by state governments have been having trouble. The state of New Jersey is actually hiring developers. Um, they use the language COBOL, which is a very oh, yeah, esoteric language. Yeah, and it's, if they're <laughs> I know, hiring- that's, a, that's my, I should, I should apply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're that's hiring awesome. developers live right now to support what will be the largest spike of mm. people on their system ever. And I think this is an awesome opportunity for the technology industry um, to get involved and to help. I think you've seen this from Google with Verifyly, which is a testing company. I think I pronounced that correctly. Um, that's helping in the Bay Area run tests for coronavirus. So technology, our role here is to get engaged. And there's a lot of technologists on our team. And this is just one way that I think a lot of the industry is trying to give back and get engaged and, and help where we can to help the entire you know, nation in the world. Oh, I think it could make a huge difference if we got a lot of technology experts involved. I think it could make a huge difference, just huge. And clearly, we need help. Our country's uh, having some problems now. So where is the information about the jobs coming from? Yeah, it's a great question. One of the main things that inspired this initiative was uh, a bunch of the news that I was reading about the unemployment and the job loss, but still seeing that there are still opportunities in the job market. So mm-hmm. without a doubt, the total number of jobs has just plummeted. And, and there's nothing we can, there's nothing I, like I can do or just the small team can do against that. But what we noticed was because of the rapid change in the needs of the society and the economy, there are sectors in which there are new jobs being created. And mm-hmm. so one just example is there's this company called OutSchool. Uh, they're a startup in San Francisco, but they actually employ teachers. And all the teacher needs to have is a webcam and a Zoom account and a computer. And, and if they have that, then they can start teaching uh, they can start teaching these classes and get paid. And so what we were, what I was seeing was there's a lot of job loss, but there are still some opportunities. And one of the problems was access to information. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people don't know wh- where the jobs are being created, even if there are a few jobs being created. And so right now we, uh, we have an awesome team member, Jasmine. She does HR and employment consulting at Deloitte uh, in Chicago and she's been really going through a lot of the news sources, looking through job boards, kind of like thinking of what sectors of the economy are hiring right now for hourly and blue collar jobs. And she's been doing a tremendous job adding these different listings to our website, kind of sifting through them and, and thinking about what ones will be most impactful for our audience. And right now it's all manual. Oh, okay. It takes a lot of time, yeah. but it's something that we're thinking about how we can like automate and uh, be more efficient as at as well. And how does your site differ from other places that people go to like Indeed or ZipRecruiter and all those? Yeah, it's a great question. And something that we're, we're definitely quite cognizant of. Uh, Indeed exists. I mean, Indeed, Craigslist even is where a lot of our audience will go today to find jobs. The main difference is our focus on blue collar and hourly jobs, as well as our focus on job opportunities that have been created since the beginning of this pandemic. Mm, I see. We, um, we do have some virtual and remote jobs, but overall, there's a pretty specific focus on blue collar and, and new jobs. Well, I think that's I think that's an interesting strategy, Ben, because I see a lot of people complaining. Well, they've complained for a long time Mm -hmm. about jobs being listed on those job sites that aren't real. 
like they're out of date or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the job's on hold. And I think especially now with so much turmoil, at least they know things that are on money during Corona are, those are real. Those are recent and those are real. Yep. I, think that, I think that's an interesting observation about that. People can trust those jobs more. Yeah. One, one thing we've noticed is that these are temporary jobs. You know, you may have had a career that might be on pause just for a little while and you have to make ends meet for a few months during this really scary crisis, but that thankfully has an end date, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So these are temporary jobs to help you make ends meet. We're not suggesting that we're going to replace Indeed and help you find your next career. But if you need to help pay your rent and you don't have a job right now, this is a great place for you. And I think one feature that kind of helps us differentiate from those other job sites is that we have these SMS updates where you Mm -hmm. can put in your phone number and we're going to text you, hey, new jobs that we find in your area, new resources if something passes that might help you out. So instead of something that I've noticed is that I'm spending a lot of time listening to the news and I'm reading all the updates and it's overwhelming, honestly. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to not only kind of provide you jobs, but kind of feed you the right information that's filtered and relevant to you so you don't have to know about what's happening in the entire world. You can know what's happening just locally for you and what you can do to kind of make the best of a tough situation. Mm, interesting. So yeah, kind of a focus on, on local news. It's interesting. And just quickly to add, I think Paul made a great call out. Great point the, the focus on SMS is key because in the very first days of this idea, I actually talked to a few low income individuals that I, I got, got on a call with them and uh, ran like a quick survey through Craigslist. And one of the things that, that I learned uh, was these individuals are using their mobile phones and uh, they they rely quite heavily on the mobile phone. Mm-hmm. And I think that something even f- easy for us to forget where you, you really have to spend a lot of effort understanding the, the people that you're trying to create value for when you're creating a product. There are little but very important insights like the fact that they want to do things over SMS where they want to be able to like learn about things and apply through things through SMS. And it is something that like some of these job sites are starting to wise up against, but we think that that's one of the, one of the areas of our service that will be really important moving forward. Mm -hmm. It also makes it more timely. People don't have to go and sit down at their computer and, and troll through a bunch of stuff that may not in fact be relevant to them. No, I'm loving it. I know it's early days. Do you know of anybody who's gotten a job through the site yet? We don't know for certain that someone has applied for and gotten a job. Uh, the The site was just launched officially this past Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the some of the really encouraging news that we have heard is we've been posting this on Facebook. Uh, we've also been texting out to people and asking for their feedback. And I just saw this message today. This was on Facebook where this individual is just saying like, thank you for doing this. It's heartening to see such kindness right now. I'm affected as I was paid by the hour. And I know several people who have serious financial woes from losing hourly jobs. I will go onto the site immediately. Thank you so much. I'm just reading off the Facebook post that I saw this morning because Drew was, Drew was sending me some stuff and it's, it, it's a start. The goal is to connect people to jobs and help them really earn that income if they want to. Uh, but just beginning to see messages like this is, quite inspiring for us. For sure. Yeah, I'm sure. All right. Now I have kind of a strange question, but maybe you guys can help me with this. So we always heard, or I always heard in my family that my relatives that were affected by the depression 
moved. So my mm. grandfather moved from Michigan to Texas to pick cotton, and then he moved to Oregon because uh, he got a job there. And so I kind of have this idea of people when they lose work, that they move. And yet in the subsequent generations, I don't seem to see that. Like in my hometown, which is in Southern Indiana, we basically lost all our factory jobs, but people didn't move. They still stayed and they mm. missed those jobs, you know, those, those kind of um, factory jobs that were very stable and provided people with a decent living and even retirement at the end. And so why do you think people don't move? And do you think that the pandemic will change that, that people will start moving. For example, on money during Corona, you can see that there are jobs in Chicago or Pittsburgh, or, mm. or do you think that, you know, that that will drive people to move? Yeah, this is an excellent question that I've actually heard discussed a lot. Now, will people move during the pandemic? I don't, I don't think so. If you think about it, the whole nation is pretty much at a standstill right now. And the cost of moving can be quite high for people who are already strapped for, you know, for money. I think we are seeing a, a small exodus out of cities where the rent is really expensive and moving back in with the family. Mm -hmm. So I don't think in the short term, we'll see a lot of moving around. It's going to be hard to go from a place where you're laid off at a restaurant to another place that might not have a lot of people going to restaurants. So the transferability of your labor there isn't really strong. Now, would people move for these temporary jobs we're putting on money during Corona? I don't think so as well, because you'll tend to find those in most metropolitan areas. Um, if you look at the spread of our jobs, it's pretty evenly distributed across the United States. So mm. there's not a huge incentive for you to move from maybe Maryland to San Francisco to work at a grocery store when you probably can work at a grocery store just nearby in Baltimore. So that that's kind of the, the short-term answer. Now, longer term, you talk about the factory example of how people, there used to be a factory and the factory doesn't exist anymore and people are still sticking around. I think that's more of a elimination of a class of jobs in an area. I think the factory being removed from that town in Indiana probably wasn't replaced with another factory somewhere else. So it was probably moved somewhere outside the United States. So it's tougher to move. I think people these days move for focusing of skills. You see a migration of technology workers coming to San Francisco mm -hmm. um, and centralizing, but even that's not happening as much anymore because of the, you know, we're doing this over a zoom call. Mm -hmm. The success of remote work has made it so much so that you don't have to really move anymore for your job. So you know, I think mid to long term, we're not going to see as many people moving around for opportunities. Um, I think what we'll see is people staying close to their families, staying where it's affordable for them and and really staying where it makes the most economic sense. Sometimes there's areas that have a lower cost of living that could make more sense for depending on your field. So it's a longer answer to what I think short term is we won't see much, much moving around. Um, hopefully people are staying in place and staying home and definitely not spreading around coronavirus. Well, it's an interesting point. I see the success of Fiverr, and I'm a big fan mm. of, of Fiverr because and the way I actually make money, since I don't make money from the podcast, is by publishing books and also doing some online teaching. But with the publishing books, I found you know, it's really easy to spend a lot of money publishing a book if you're having to pay an editor, a graphic designer all the people who do the interior layout work, if you're paying them U.S. salaries. And I don't hold it against these creative people, but they're trying to live in a very expensive country. And so they have to charge us a lot of money in, in order to survive. Mm. Through Fiverr, I can find also very talented people all over the globe 
and I pay, can pay them a fraction because they're living in low cost areas. And so what I really find interesting and, and possibly really hopeful about what you're saying is maybe we can have people stay in low cost places and do more remote work and just generally raise their, their quality of life and their uh, ability to live well. Yeah, this is actually a really good analogy that I have for this that I've used before in conversation, which is if you've ever played poker online, it's a weird analogy, but if you've ever played poker online, <laughs> you'll learn very quickly that playing poker online, you play against the best people in the world. Mm-hmm. Think about it. The mm-hmm. only barrier to access is people with internet connection. But you go on the internet, you have access to playing against every possible player in the world. You go to your local casino, there's a maximum. There's probably the best guy in your town mm-hmm. or best girl in your town that's playing poker. Mm-hmm. So the same thing happens with labor. If you have access to internet, that's reliable internet connection, you know, you have access to the world's economy and this is globalization in play. So what I would hope is the stigma around remote work, you know, one huge optimistic thing and silver lining I'm seeing in this pandemic is that the stigma around remote work is going to start to be removed and Mm -hmm. we'll see more people being able to take jobs in areas where they don't live and really Mm -hmm. contribute to the global economy no matter where they are. And that can really help with the you know, income inequality we're seeing, people have to live in a certain place to be qualified for certain jobs. And oftentimes that's out of reach for someone who can't afford to take the first couple thousand dollars it may take to move to a city and apply for some of these jobs, even if they may be qualified. So it's, it's a really hard problem to solve, but there's a lot of silver linings in the coronavirus pandemic right now for remote work and hopefully for income inequality. We're even talking about you know stimulus checks, which is a sim- basically a form of universal basic income. And that will really yeah. be helpful for establishing a base income where once you have your, your necessities covered, you can kind of try and do things that maybe aren't the most cost optimized. For example, you can be creative and you don't have to, you know, what we love in America is the American dream is you can do what you want to support yourself. Hopefully the necessities are covered we can kind of have such a diverse skill set that really can tap into an economy of a lot of different needs, especially a global economy of a lot of different needs. And we want to encourage that diversity of skill sets. That's how we have unique products with a lot of differentiation. Yeah. And the one thing I'll just add is I agree a lot with kind of the globalization of talent. I think one thing that we'll be thinking more of with money during Corona is, uh, is, the question of whether the globalization of talent is accessible for the blue collar uh, American or the everyday American. And I think that's an open question. And I think it's a problem that will will need to be solved. And just like you said, Jennifer, uh, kind of knowledge workers can go on Fiverr, like individuals like us, we have a computer, uh, the, the nature of our work allows us to go onto these platforms. But if we're talking about uh, a nurse or a nursing assistant or a truck driver. I mean, these are these are the, the very, very important jobs that serve as the backbone of the American economy. But these are jobs that for the most part need to be done in person. And and I think it's like a it's like an interesting but also an important problem to solve. Uh, just like the one thought on that is there's a company I've heard of called Placement, which actually will pay for people to will help people relocate from their current city to another city uh, and help them find a job with higher income. And it's a sort of interesting idea where maybe something like that could be useful Mm -hmm. if manufacturing jobs are leaving like a certain town in Ohio, but then new construction jobs or like skilled trade 
labor is needed in another part of the United States. Uh, like perhaps someone could be upskilled and also they could be, they could, they could get some help moving across the country to this new job if, if they want so. So I, I think there's a lot of interesting problems and questions and it's something that will be really important moving forward. Well, that's the really the big irony, right, is that we see the essential workers now that our nation has been mostly shut down as the essential workers are absolutely the people who can't do remote work. They're working in restaurants, working in grocery stores, they're delivering the mail, they're they're doing yeah. all these, you know, f- physical things that wouldn't be possible. But and yet there are essential workers, right? So hmm. <laughs> Yeah, there's no safety net for these types of workers. And that's really something I think needs to be solved with the policy change. And we're experimenting with that right now. When what, what do you do when you have this huge labor class that cannot function during this time? You, you can't let everyone starve. It's just not humane. There has to be policy in place and good safety nets that I think that we're finding a bit of a gap right now and why there's been recent policy change to really support these workers and support all workers that are affected by the crisis. Do you have any advice for job seekers right now? It's a it's, it's a very fair question. I think I think to start, like the caveat is, I'm neither of us, or I'm definitely not an expert on uh, what someone should do. I mean, we, we've we've been working on this, but just by, by no means are we experts, and we understand that. That being said, I think my high level thoughts are one: I think really like applying for unemployment and trying to find the resources that make it understandable uh, what you would get for being unemployed in your specific state and what other benefits, whether it be SNAP or other government benefits you could receive. There, there are resources online and not all of them are the best, but, but there are resources online to help understand all those different things. And then I think the one, another one is check money during corona.com and see if you're in one of the 15 metro regions that we have see if there's anything there. And other than that, it's just, I wish everyone who, who might've lost their job out there, I wish, I wish them well. I, I hope they're okay. And just try to keep their head up, even though it's, it's definitely tough. Uh, but I, I've no, not, I don't have too many other thoughts other than that. Well, I want to thank you both and, and the whole team. Congratulations to all of you for, as I say, moving fast and creating things. It's really inspiring to see you know, people step forward and and do something like this. So thank you so much. And before I let you go, is there anything you'd like to share with the audience? Uh, Any additional information to follow your work or anything you'd like them to know? Just one simple thing for me. I think first, just thank you to the entire team who uh, so quickly, so quickly like hopped on this. Casey Wu and Nick McInnes on design really making something really beautiful. Paul for just crushing all the SMS and Dan Burrell for like making that connection. Uh, Jasmine in Chicago, Jasmine Jordan in Chicago has been helping out with all of the jobs. Uh, Drew, one of my buddies from college, hopped on this fast, has been helping out with marketing. Serena, Serena, Bian and Land Page, both just at the last minute in the last day on Thursday, right before the launch on Friday, just started outreach for us. Mm. And just like helped us reach out to all these different people. and. I'm excited by people's desire to want to help. And mm-hmm. I think I think there's quite there's quite some there's a lot to do in making sure that our help is impactful, but I think that the first step is the excitement that people bring to want to help out. Paul, anything from you? I think you nailed it, Ben. Uh, the energy, <laughs> as always, gets me going. Yeah, I think the most important 
the most important thing I've taken away from this whole thing is that this too shall pass. And with optimism, you can find the, the, the silver linings in a lot of the situation. I'm seeing so many smart people get together and rally around these problems. I'm seeing just heroic efforts by frontline medical workers and the systems that are supporting them. And it's very, um, it makes me very proud, proud of, proud of us as the human, human race coming together and, and making things happen. And I, I know that this too will pass. And I think everyone will come out of it a lot stronger than they did go into it. So. Well, amen to that. And thank you so much for being on the show. Awesome. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks, Jennifer. That's it, everybody. You've made it through another episode of Dear Discreet Guide, Trouble at Work. During the pandemic, we'll be changing our format in honor of those who are quarantined or working on the front lines. We'll put out shorter shows on a daily or near daily basis early in the morning to start your day on a positive and interesting note. We'll be considering work-related issues relevant while COVID-19 is impacting the world. If you have a question or a comment or a message for our listeners, please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us through the website, discreetguide.com, D-I-S-C-R-E-E-T, where you can also find other resources about working better together. Thank you for joining my quest to improve our workplaces, our work lives, and our lives in general. And thanks for listening. We look forward to returning to our old format when the world has returned to a more normal state. In the meantime, please hang in there, stay safe, and know that I care about you.